Welcome to our Panini. This is Saratova Bess. We are learning. This is the learning for Shira Malka Bas Asher, Alexander Asher. Thank you, Zeran Mishachneyafar. And, oh, we're not Shachneyafar yet, but anyway, this is for her. And um, this is Shari Yechud, and this is a very important piece of Shari Yechud of the Mitzvah Rebbe that um, uh, a very good friend of her was learning with her in her last moments in this physical world. And it's very, it's very apropos to the idea of um, life. It's here to give us life and to fill but to fill us with life and life force. And the Mitzvah gives us a view into what life is all about and from a physical point of view, the breathing, the heart, this, you know, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> our hearts beat and we remain alive, etc. And so we want to know what is it really all about and what is our speech and our thoughts and our action? How does it all connect? Okay, so we are in chapter of the Mithra Rebbe chapter, Lamed Zion. <clears throat> We're just going to do a piece of it today and hopefully we'll be able to do it over a couple of different sessions. Okay. So, when we are learning, we want to understand, what is this union that the the Jew has with Hashem? And what is this union that we have with each other? There is something about, when we say, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, when we declare the unity of Hashem and the Mitla Rebbe in Shari Yechudah, of the Mitzvah Rebbe, what does what is his Shari Yichud all about? A long, large sefer, many, many chapters of explanation on one and one only thing. What is Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad? What is that? Any almost any yid, or maybe every yid who ever gave their life al kiddush Hashem, gave, went with the word Shema Yisrael or at least the concept in their, their mind. But so many people, literally they left the world with, with the word Shema Yisrael. And we, we enter, we, we, don't we say Shema, you know, with a baby, etc. cetera, the night before a bris. We, our life revolves around Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. This unity of Hashem, this unity of us with Hashem, this unity of Hashem with truth, with Tyra, with the world, the whole thing, unity. So we want to understand, and, and we as Jewish people have a unity. And the thing that obsesses people the most is, why don't we have unity? Maybe we do have unity. Just because there's a little bit of, I don't agree with you about this and this issue, doesn't mean we don't have unity. We just, we're Jewish. We like to, we like to argue. Doesn't mean we don't have unity. In our very core, we are all one piece. So what we want to understand here in chapter 37 is, what is this unity of Yisrael? The Yaakov, Bila, the Rachel. The unity of Yisrael and Yaakov, and Bila and Rachel. Yisrael and Yaakov is the same person. Just different aspects of Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu, you could say, as as he's called Yaakov Avinu, there when he when he fought with the sorry, when he fought with the Tsar of Asaph, when he fought with his the the angel in charge of his enemy, 
he was called Yaakov before that he be, he was called Yaakov and it's the heel. But Kisarisa and Melikim Vanashim Batucha, you fought with these angels and you won, Yaakov Avinu, and now you're called Yisrael. So one could say that when we are victorious with truth and when we are Maccabees of truth, we step into the identity from Yaakov, the heel stepped on to Yisrael. Majesty. Truth. And Yaakov and Yisrael, they were married to um, Bila, well, I'm saying, Yaakov Avinu was married to Bila and Rachel. Rachel was his true wife, our mother, and Bila was the maidservant. So what is that all about? Why does our mother, Rachel Imenu, the part of us that accompanies us in our darkest moments, and her life was very dark. Why does she have to have a maidservant in this whole equation with Yaakov Avinu? Why, why can't it just be her to, as, as the Jewish nation was being built, why through this maidservant? So, and why do I say that she accompanied us, accompanied us in our darkest moments? Rachel Imenu, you know, she, was not buried in a Bekovedika place, but rather on the side of the road. And that's what the whole complaint was, you know. You buried my mother on the side of the road. Excuse me? You know, doesn't she deserve better? And, um, you know, I'm going to say, actually, for our dear friend Shiramalka that I'm doing this year for. So when she left the world, it was like creepy emergency room in Maimonides Hospital, you know, like a big room with a whole bunch of weird people. Um, not malchistic, you know, not nice private room or at home or, you know, in a holy place. But, you know, cubicle the night before wasn't even a cubicle it was just like big room with a whole bunch of other guys and then she was moved to the other side so she got her own little piece of curtain what is that person has to leave the world such a holy person has to leave the world kind of like in the middle of grand central station on the side of the road roughly menu the side of the road like 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 in the emergency room like what is this not in Yerushalayim in a holy place. Side of the road, you know, everybody's passing by, you know, bus stop. What is this? Why did Ruffle and have to leave the world like in a bus stop, so to speak? You know, so that's the same question we have for our friend. So here's the mystery of this thing. And what, and what is this? In her relationship with, with our, she's our mother, Ruffle Menu. And in her relationship with Yaakov Avinu, our father, not only the bus stop, leaving the world like in a bus stop, basically, but Bilha included in the equation with this relationship. Well, what is this? 
Beer Inion, Leah Russell. So to understand Leah and Russell, who were sisters, and not only that, Russell Imenu, she had to share her husband with her sister. Come on. What is this? Yaakovine wanted to marry Russell. Oh, so no, first you have to marry my sister. What, is, what a life. Yadush is out in your mashaba v'dibur. Leah and Rachel are thought and speech. Fahainu, inyan base hahein. The two, uh, hays, I guess. Base hahein, yeah, I guess. The shame avaya, oh, base hahein, sorry, the shame avaya. There are two hays in the name havaya. Yud and hay and vav and hay. Two hays. There's a yud, and then there's one hay. Then there's a vav, and then there's another hay. These two hays go on speech. Oh, sorry, thought. First, hay. Yud, yud, and then speech. Hay. Vav, and then speech. Uh, sorry, let's do this again. Yud, and then thought. Hay. And then vav, and then speech. Hay. These are the two A's in shape. Kamasha Kasa Bazaar, three Nuxin Prishalima, Ati Milvan Kala. Milvanon Kala. I'm not going to try that one. But about it says about Shalima Mela, etc. I'm not going to try that one. Hey Rishina, Shemagdaila Leia. Leachrena, Shemagdana Rachel. The first hey of God's name, Yud and hey goes on Leah, the, the bigger one. And the second hay goes on the smaller one, Rachel. V'tchila yesh lahaktim b'inyin kol kol Yaakov. So in order to understand, you know, you have two sisters, thought and speech, they go together. The voice, when you have thought and speech, hakol kol Yaakov, the voice is the voice of Yaakov, that speech. Yaakov speaks. But quite honestly, before you speak, you think the thought. Or maybe as you're speaking, you think the thought. Um, so I think there's a very quiet voice that isn't heard. Um, so there's a quiet, I'm not <laughs> doing a poor job with this, but I'm not going to try to understand that. Um, we know there's a very quiet voice. Now, by the way, in general, when a person is leaving the world, they usually are not talking really loud. You know what I mean? They're not usually talking very loud. Um, same thing in this case of Shermalka. Um you know, and often they're not really speaking at all, but they're speaking. In fact, I mean, I was standing there with her um, holding her hand, you know, and reading the day before and reading Shari Yuchud out loud. And, and when I got to a Russia Tavis that I didn't understand, even though officially she wasn't really conscious, um, and I said, oh, I don't know what this Russia Tavis is. I don't know what this word means. She tried to move her, she was moving her lips, and I said, no, 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 don't try to speak. You know, just send me the thought. Don't try to speak. 
But there, so I didn't hear her say this word means that, obviously. It wasn't that state of her health at that moment. But the chlal in people, and now let's turn it into the positive. Every single Jew has a quiet voice. There are things that you're saying that nobody hears. A silent voice. You're saying worlds and worlds and worlds of stuff. But not necessarily is everyone hearing it. And we can say today in, 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 in this moment in history, Mashiach is talking to us with a very, with that kind of voice that not everybody hears. In a way he's speaking loud and clear, very loud. But you have to have the, um, the, the ears to hear. As the Rebbe said, in the year Tavshin Nun, the year of miracles, 1990. Until today, you didn't have eyes to see, ears to hear, or a heart to understand, and now you do. Because you spent 40 years with Nesidarenu going through the journey of, in the desert of the nations. And now we've come to the end of the journey, just like we did at the end of a 40-year journey in the desert, in the Midbar with Maishurbenu, in those last moments of those 40 years with Maishu Rabbeinu, Maishu Rabbeinu said, until now you didn't have eyes to see, ears to hear, or a heart to understand. Meaning, and now you do. And now you're going to transition over into a whole new level. A whole new reality. So we understand that concept of Mashiach is speaking to us. Loud and clear, but you have to have ears to hear. We've been given the eyes to see and the ears to hear. It's already over 30 years since we've been giving them, given them. But we, I guess the, 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 the challenge is to open them, access them, take advantage of them. And it's not just, you know, it would be nice. But the world is hanging on our ability to hear the voice of Mashiach speaking to us clearly. In a way, you could say it's a very, it's a very deep, pneumistic, palapnema, it's a very deep inner voice that you don't hear with the loud ears, but you hear it with the inner ear, the deeper ear, the ear of the godly ear, the ears, the ears that were opened up, ears to hear, in the year Tashin Nun, in all of us. Mishamet v'chulu liyos yadua be'inyan yom liyom e'aviyah amar shezeu eish remayim ruach chagas. So this is reminding us of the idea of fire and water, ruach chagas, the spirit of chesed, gvura, and teferis. Fire and water. Well, fire is the gvura. I guess, actually, water is the, the chesed, etc. Hakol, tumah hakol, it's like a voice. Shumurkav may, I need your mouth to tell me this, Rashi Tevis, amar, agashmi, um, hakol, okay, we got it. So, so think about a voice. The voice. When you speak, your voice 
is from fire, uh, water, and air. In fact, um, I remember hearing Hagashmi, physical. So that means your voice is working because there's fire, there's water, and there's air. And they all come together. And I actually remember learning from Orna ben Svi al-Ashalem, Orna bas Chaim, that um, when a person comes to the point where they have a deep emotion, very strong emotion, and they can't talk, it's because I think the did I get it right? The fire overwhelms everything. Just, you know, it it gets stuck. It gets stuck. The voice gets stuck. There are moments when a person is just, they're experiencing very, very strong emotion for various reasons, and they simply can't talk. Because of that combination of Eish, Mayim, Ruach, fire, water, and air, that creates the physical the combination that creates the physical voice. Kachabel Halev. Wow. So too the um the breath of the heart, Atsmay. Now, so there's breathing in the heart. Um Kolo now, by the way, life life, before we continue, life as we know it what, what is the halachic determination of whether we call a person alive or, God forbid, no longer alive? The heart beat. The heart pumping, the heart beating. That, that's the halachic determination of, even if the brain, God forbid, goes to sleep, but the heart is beating, Tyra says the person is alive. By the way, about Yaakov Avinu, when it said Yaakov Avinu lo meis, so Yaakov Avinu, as much as he seemed, and he's our father, as much as it appeared that he was no longer alive, he was alive, and he continues to be alive, even physically. Explain that. Very complex, obviously. <laughs> Don't ask us to explain it here. Very complex, but we have to realize when it says entire Yaakov Lomais, the Gufa Lomais, Yaakov Avinu, our forefather, really never passed away, and his body didn't pass away. So where is he? That's a whole other question. He can be in Ma'aretz HaMachpelah and at the same time physically alive. He's not like the rest of everybody else. Now, this is not one of the seven wonders of the world. We have to understand, this is our father. And Mazar Bachaim Afu So if his seed is alive, he is alive. So we understand there obviously there's a deep connection between us and our father. And he remains alive. So, you know, I leave it to your imagination what that is telling us about every single Jew. Whoever was in the world, who is in the world today, and who will be in the world in the future. We're not just regular people. You know, they come, they go. I remember once, many years ago, going to Lalein with a Leviah funeral somewhere in Long Island, and and the and the rabbi said, "Well, everybody comes and they go. You know, you don't last forever." And afterwards, I went up to him and I said, "Rabbi, um, what about what about Chiyas and Nason? 
I said it to him quietly, and he said, oh, my, that's so wonderful. <laughs> With a conservative, you know, when he called somebody over, he said, come, I want you to listen. This young woman is talking to me about fascinating things. So, but the truth is, Yaakov, our father, remains alive even though he went through the process that he went through. He's our father. What do you think it implies for us? And by the way, here is the place to say that our dear friend Shiramalka, Bas Alexander Asher, she told us this summer at a Fabrengen that she heard that the Lubavitcher Rebbe said that this is the way she learned it, that whoever has left the world in recent times especially has simply moved to the other side of the curtain. There's no leaving anymore. It's moving to the other side of the curtain, operating, you know, from behind a bit of a concealment, but operating very powerfully. So but so going back to Shari Yuchud, just to bring it to a, a, a close in a couple of minutes, um, we're saying that um, the voice is these three elements. You have to have the fire, the water, and the 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 air for the voice to come out. And the breath of the heart, Hevel Halei of the heart, Atma, Kalo, May of Eishmaim, Ruch, Ruchni. So in the heart, the breath of the heart is, is the physical, the physical voice comes from physical combination of my, of, of fire, water, and, and air. The breath of the heart includes fire, water, and air, spiritual fire, water and fire, water and air. Shu bechinas chesed v'gvura. That is the level of chesed and gvura. V'mamuta shu haruach. What's the, what is the in-between that connects chesed and gvura? Because they're really opposites, you know, giving and then withholding. These are very opposite energies. Um, is the ruach, the air, the spirit. The air that somehow, fire is, you know, and, and water is, you know, flowing. And, um, and this, and the air somehow is able to connect the two. Hainu, the chinus kibbutz, this pashtus shebehevelaruch nidaleiv. It's a, um, gathering and then spreading out in the, the, Spiritual breath of the heart. Tuma, for instance, Kashira Adam Samach Belibai. When a person is very happy in his heart, as Yeshbachinas or Hayspashis believe. Then he has at that point um, um, the light and the spreading out in his heart. Zuhu, and that is what? Hevel de chasadin. The spirit, the air, the breath of chesed, I guess. Ukishu, the aitzev. So a person is happy. So he has that air of chesed, you know, that, right, that, that breath of chesed. Ukishu, in his heart, in his heart. That moving air connected with his heart, 
of chesed, of flow, of just largesse, just, you know, wanting to give and reach out. And, and not withhold. That's when he's in a spirit of simcha. But when a person is sad, that's when everything is um, contracted. And what is that? That is the breath, the air of gvura, of withholding. And that is the interconnection between chesed and gvura. Who hevel ruchni. So to, we'll stop here. So here's our question, being that with it, today's the last day of Hanukkah. <clears throat> what does this have to do with Hanukkah? I mean, we're seeing from this, we're just deriving, I'm taking some pretty simple lessons, but we're all familiar with that quiet voice. We all have that voice. Of, we're, we're calling out. We have a, we, we have a, we have a, we have something to say to the world. It's not always, you know, everybody has their song to sing, etc. And everybody has their version of Shema Yisrael to speak out there, the truth to speak out to the world. And it's not always a loud voice. And it's, it's deeply connected to the heart. And, you know, we see we're in a situation in the world where sometimes, you know, there's a focus on heart-healthy diet and heart-healthy stuff because it seems important to keep your heart healthy. I'll say it that way. Um, and again, we say life is determined by the heart is beating. So, you know, that seems to be the crossover through the heart from this reality in this world to the next world. It comes through the heart. And and, and as we're seeing here, there, you know, there's that, there's a whole flow of air, so to speak. There's the breath of the heart, so to speak, a spiritual, a spiritual kayach. So being that we're in the last day of Hanukkah on Zeis Hanukkah, mm, Let's say very loosely speaking, you know, just a thought, that the Menaira that is in its fullest power today, you know, it is the luminary inside the heart of the world. The Beis Amigdash is the heart of the world. And it's not like only we're waiting for the third Beis Amigdash to be built. It's there, and it's for us to see it. It's just like the voice, even the person who is transitioning from in this world to the next world, they are speaking, even if we can't hear them. They're speaking, but they're just not speaking with a loud enough voice or any voice at all, but they're speaking on some level. They have, it can't be that a Jewish person, so to speak, leaves the world and he isn't leaving with a message. It's just, However things are working, he's not, you know, he's not uh, belting out the message in a loud way, but he, 
he's he's infusing he's he's putting his heart into the world he's giving he's he's giving the best of what he has in his heart in his jewish heart every jewish heart it says you know i may be asleep but my heart is awake every jewish heart is a luminous jewish warm heart by definition if you're a yid you have a warm heart even if a person is god forbid been messed up and traumatized and had bad experiences and isn't so nice and sometimes very nasty and very crabby or god forbid even worse but their heart their deepest inner heart not their external heart eh, he's a nasty guy but their deepest inner heart has a message that is one with hashem's message the message of shema yisrael that he sends out that he's sending out to the world and maybe in those minutes and when it comes to zeis hanukkah that base of Nidish is there and alive, just like every Yid who ever lived is on some level alive. And every and every Yid is a Mikdash and has the base of Nidish in him. So if if we have, so to speak, the Mikdash, the base of Nidish in us, and we are a living base of Nidish, then that means what's sending the light from that Mikdash out to the world is this Manaira. The Manaira is the interface between the base Hamikdash with its inner light and the outside world. So today on Zeis Hanukkah, we can see with our own eyes an expression of who we are and what we are and how we operate. We all have an inner Manaira with an inner, with a light that it exudes and a message that comes with that light. We all have a message of light that is unique to the way we express it, that comes from all the experiences we had in our life. Every person's Manaira light is slightly different from everyone else's because your teacher in fifth grade wasn't my teacher in fifth grade. Or even if we had the same teacher, but I sat in the third row and you sat in the fifth row or something. And if we were born at the same moment, you were born in the room next door or another city or something. So yours and my shining of that light into the world is always going to be unique. Only it's yours and yours alone. Your unique brand of light. Your unique Manaira. And our task in life is to keep that Manaira fully lit. Activate our ten kaichas and nefesh. Activate the spark of Mashiach in, his, in ourselves. That cruise of, of pure oil in ourselves, that then lights up the Manaira for eight days, lights up the whole Manaira, lights up every Manaira that is shining today. And and then shine that fully lit Manaira out of the window of the base of Migdash, out of the out through the window of your personal life. And direct that light out to the outside, out to the world. It's a crazy, messy world. And your Manaira light, your pure light that is connecting, your heart has the ability to heal 
warm and illumin- warm, illuminate and heal the world today, now, at this moment. Place kind of a tough shin pay base. So we say Hashem, we're ready. We want to go to the Gula Mitzvah Shlema. Mitlareba, we're with you. Shining light. And we may we be Zaisa immediately on this Zaisa Kanaka to find ourselves in the base of Migdash Shlishi and the Gula Mitzvah Shlema immediately now. <laughs>